Women Taking the Lead, episode 209. I only learned compassion without having compassion, but it came from not having compassion for myself and suffering about it. So I have to learn that I'm okay, that things are not working out the way that I want it. You know, if I want something badly and it doesn't work out that way, it's okay. Everything will be okay. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Lolly Daskal, who is one of the most sought-after executive leadership coaches in the world. As founder and CEO of Lead From Within, her proprietary leadership program is engineered to be a catalyst for leaders who want to enhance performance and make a meaningful difference in their companies, their lives, and the world. Based on a mix of modern philosophy, science, and nearly 30 years of coaching top executives, Lolly's perspective on leadership continues to break new ground and produce exceptional results. Of her many awards and accolades, Lolly was designated a top 50 leadership and management expert by Inc. Magazine. Huffington Post honored Lolly with the title of the most inspiring woman in the world. Her writing has appeared in Harvard Business Review, Inc.com, Fast Company, Huffington Post, Psychology Today, and others. Lolly, my goodness, I cannot tell you what an honor it is to have you on Women Taking the Lead, how gratified and excited I am to introduce you to my community. We are so blessed. I'll say that. We are blessed to have you on. So tell us a little bit more about you and your own beginnings. Well, before we do that, Jody, I just want to say what a true honor it is to be here with you and your community. So thank you for the invitation, and I'm really excited about this conversation. So a little bit about myself. As you just heard, I am an executive coach, a leadership coach. I'm a business consultant. I also speak. I'm an author of you know, the new book called The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. And I write um, anywhere between uh, 75 to 100 articles a month. And I feel that I live and breathe leadership. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A little bit about myself. I grew up in New York and um, we came from very humble beginnings. Um, We weren't, we were I don't, we were poor and I had three siblings. My brother passed away two years ago and we were very close. And, um, what else, what else can I, I don't really, as a coach, I don't really talk about myself. So I'm finding it so difficult. You know, my whole job is always to be the great listener and ask the questions and the tables are turned on me, Jody. And I'm like, Oh, oh what should I say? What should I say? But yeah. I'm much better if you ask me like a question, I can just answer it. But what else, what else can I say about myself? I don't know. That it's, was lovely, Lolly. And we'll, you okay. know, what more about you will come out as we get talking. And I'm 
I'm laughing because as a coach, I totally get it. Like I'm a great listener. And as soon as somebody turns the tables on me, I'm like, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> like, what do you want to yeah, know? So, I, but you know, that, that yeah. was totally great. And so obviously from your bio and, you know, and I'm someone who grew up poor as well from poor family. So although my mom and dad are listening, they'll say, no, that's not true, <laughs> you know, but you know, so I mm -hmm. totally get the and can appreciate like what you've done and what you've created in your life. Like you are just uh, doing amazing things out in the world, working with like the top executive leadership. You've come a long way. But where I like to start everybody at this point is like kind of like bringing us to that to the ground level. I know it, it kind of feels like ugh, we'll start starting small, but we're, we're going to go big. We're going to come back up. One of the questions I always ask my guests is about um, let me let me preface it with this Marian in the Marianne Williamson quote that I love so much. She she talks about she has this line that says you're playing small will not serve the world. And she also go on, goes on to say by letting your own light shine, you give unconscious permission for other people to do the same. So I always ask this question about a time in, in my guests lives about when they may have undervalued themselves or played small, held themselves back. And sometimes they're not aware of it at the time. It's in retrospect. They look back and go, wow, I didn't see myself for who I was, who I truly was in that moment. And I could have, you know, played bigger. So Lolly, you know, given where you are, it's hard to imagine that happening. But if you have a playing small moment, you know, share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. It's a great question. And while you were talking, I was trying to think, when did I play small? When did I play small? Something about me, I think is different. And I think it has to do with, I didn't have an easy childhood. And at a very early age, I really made a conscious decision about not to play small, not to undervalue myself, and to really find out who I am. I started at a very early age of self-discovery because I was I'm crazy about books. I read a book a day. And, um, and I've been doing that for almost 27 years. But even before that, I was always a very curious child. I always wanted to know about things. I, I wanted to know how things worked, why they were the way they were. And one of the things I was really curious about is, why am I who I am? I was very um, enamored with my life trying to figure out, like, what is my life? I, um, I was really about examining who I am and, and what it's all about. And in that process, I realized, and it came from a book that I was reading, um, A Man's Search for Meaning, and I really identified with, Vic, with Viktor Frankl's book where he talks about people suffering, he talks about challenges, but he also talked about finding meaning in it, and that changed my life. I actually read that book um, once a year on my birthday to keep me humble and to keep me in check, where I have to say to myself, this life is a gift. And it's not about playing small for me, but it's about finding meaning. And even in my worst moments, even in my most challenging moments, I never look at it that I'm going to undervalue myself or play small in that moment. The great thing is I also learned from Joseph Campbell that in my abyss, in my darkest, darkest moments, I'm going to find my treasure. And so I look at life in a very interesting way that even when I was challenged, even when I felt like, 
I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I knew that this was going to be an amazing experience for me. I was going to learn something from this. And it. so for me, I never really played small because um, one of the things that I started at a very young age was this little ritual that I said to I, every night before I went to sleep, or before I go to sleep, I still do it today. I did it last night. I had two questions that I've always asked myself. Lolly, what did you what did you do today? And what was great about what you did? But then I follow it up with what will you do tomorrow to be better? And that's how I've always lived my life. So I haven't answered your question about playing small or undervaluing myself because it's not how I live. You know what? You did answer the question. And I'm and I'm going to recap a couple of things that you said. You, it may have not been a direct answer, but you gave me what I was looking for. So let me let me sum this up. Well, first, right off the bat, let me say you've named two people in there that I am just enamored with. Victor Frankel. And Joseph Campbell. So you always, I told you this before, like starting to read your book, Lolly, you had me at hello. You had me at hello there. <laughs> the other thing you said, you know, and it was kind of in my question and I've, I've led into that question with other guests, but I never had the aha moment. You just gave me my aha moment. We undervalue ourselves when we lack self-awareness, when we're not sure of who we are. And what you said in your answer was you were so curious of yourself, the world mm -hmm. around you, that at a very early age, you started that that path of self-exploration. And so you never undervalued yourself because you were clear that about who you are, you know, and yeah. what you bring to the world. And I think when we play small, it's because we're lacking that. Well, let me clarify this. Did I know who I was? I can't say that <laughs> right. for sure. But this is what I find, that I find that we go through life in in like stages. And for that time, in the very beginning, I was examining, examining my life for who I, who I was in that moment. Seven years later, I was examining it in a different level. Now I'm examining it in a different level. I am always asking questions. I am always looking deeper. Because the truth is, wherever I go, there I go. And so I'm always going to be that person. And I want to know that I'm bringing the best of what I have to offer. Mm -hmm. And from what I'm hearing, too, you have a lot of compassion for yourself in the moment. I find when, where I get tripped up is sometimes I have to look back on past experiences where I'm disappointed, you know, and I have to like go back and reexamine the experience with compassion. But what you, what you have as, as a strength that you've developed is you have compassion for yourself in the moment. Like, like this, this is like, I'm doing good for who I am today. Like, this is good. And I'm going to get better tomorrow. Well, I don't want anybody to think that I don't have difficult moments. Mm -hmm. I do have difficult moments. Um, but the thing is that I always have a choice of how to look at those moments. I can look at it in a way that I will become undone, or I can look at it in a way as an opportunity. And that to me is a choice and a game changer. And I do have challenges, but I always have a choice. Well said. 
Thank you for that. All right, Lolly. Now, if you could share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. For some people, it hits them over the head and it's what they call the aha light bulb moment. But for others, it's it's a slow dawning. It's a it's an awakening. So, something is niggling at them. But then there's in either case, there's a moment where the insight comes and you're ready to take action. So if you could tell us what led up to your wake up call moment and the steps you took after that led to your success. So one of the things um, about myself that I learned early on was that I like excellence and I like things to be done with quality. And in the very beginning, I was called by everybody a perfectionist. And the thing that I learned about being a perfectionist is that there's no such thing. Being perfect doesn't exist. But I learned that if I could be a master at what I do, and if I could bring quality to what I do or excellence to what I do, then I could bring something that is beautiful, that is something that is worthwhile. The moment I learned that being a perfectionist is not going to get me where I want to go. I had to let it go. And so when people say, oh, no, you're a perfectionist, I say, why? Because I'm into detail and I want to make sure this experience is the best experience you have. I'm looking for excellence. And there's a big difference of how when you can distinguish between being perfect and being excellent, because excellent at some point you can let it go. You bring your best and then you let it go and you allow whatever it is to let come in. But being a perfectionist, you never let go. It's, uh, it's always not good enough. And that to me has been an aha moment very early early on and something I try to practice every single day. Am I being a perfectionist or am I being am I striving for excellence? And just by asking myself those open-ended questions, it really allows me to remind myself who I really want to be. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what happened that brought your attention to that, that, that you were, you know, you know, cause I, when I think of perfectionism, I think of just struggling and suffering, you know, trying to get something exactly right. And I remember sometimes suffering over that. It was, it's not a pleasant experience. Do you remember like when you had that aha moment? Well, it has to do with it, everything basically, because so when I first started out in my business, I wanted to be the best at it. I wanted to be perfect at it. And so I would study harder. I would read more. I would attend more lectures. I would take more workshops. I remember thinking, I'm exhausted. And then that aha moment was, it's not so much about the quantity, Lolly. It's about the quality. So if you can take a workshop or teach a workshop or, or read a book or take a lecture or study uh, with, you know, someone who's very important, be in the moment, get what you can, take it in, and then when you serve others with the knowledge that you have, do it to the best of your ability. It's almost like allowing yourself to say, you say to yourself, it's almost like giving yourself like, um, not a leeway, but it's like giving giving yourself a break. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the very beginning, I remember I had to be perfect. I had to be on top of everything and it doesn't exist. It was exhausting. Yeah, there that compassion piece comes in again. You know, you can you can be doing your best and that's good. You know, that, that's great. I love it. Thank you, Lolly. And, you know, on, on this show, 
you know, I'm, I'm hammering this home. I want everyone to get, there is no one way to lead. And I think sometimes we, we chatted a little bit about this um, before we hit record that, you know, sometimes people get off track in becoming the leader that they can be because they're trying so hard to emulate someone else, be just like another leader, not realizing that that other leader might have different strengths, a different personality, you know, so they're playing to their strengths. And that's not something you want to do. You want to, you want to play to your own strengths, to your own experience, what you bring to the table. And that blends and becomes our leadership style. So Lolly, how would you describe your leadership style? Hmm. What is my leadership style? Well, it's, I lead from within. Mm -hmm. That's how my company first started. So I always try to lead by example. And I try to bring that everything that I do, I try to bring with heart. That means as you so, you keep repeating it, you know, with compassion, with empathy, without judgment, without assumptions. For me, um, my leadership style is truly being present with the person I'm communicating with. I'm a very busy person, but if I'm writing an email, I'm with that person. If I'm speaking to someone, I'm with that person. If um, I'm in a meeting and there people are talking, I'm with those people in the room. And I found that if I can be present in every moment, it allows me to have a really robust future. Because if you have great little moments, they all add up. So my leadership style is leading with heart and being present. Mm -hmm. I love that. And what is one thing, Lolly, that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? So I've always wanted to write a book because I read many, many books and I've had the opportunity. I was given an opportunity by Penguin Portfolio where they said, Lolly, you know, we want you to write a book. And the book is called The Leadership Gap. What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. I'm extremely passionate and excited about this book because I've taken the method that I use with my clients and I've written about it in the book so that people can actually coach themselves, have awareness about themselves in a way that they normally wouldn't. So if you read a lot of leadership books, if you read a lot of business books, they will always talk to you about how you should do things, why you should do things, when you should do things, where you should do things. And my book concentrates on who you should be. And we know this, that this is a foundational core element. We know this from psychology. We know this from philosophy, that who you are is the most important thing. And because who you are, you bring it to everything that you do. And so this book is about the seven leadership styles that you need to become or you need to have that will lead you to greatness. And what makes this book so different is, is that usually there are archetypes that people talk about, but this book is so different because these archetypes, I will illustrate the shadows that come with those archetypes. And if we're not aware of those shadows, they will lead us into the gap. So you can always ask yourself, do I want to lead with greatness or am I leading with my gaps? And by knowing this system, you can ask yourself that one question and it will be a game changer in your life. You know, and something that struck me, you know, right from the beginning of your book, the, I mean, you started with a story, which was really great. And then you summed it all up and you, you talked about how, you know, and I know a lot of people, a lot of the women listening to this right now will be able to relate to this where 
other people look at you and say, you're successful, or you've hit a certain level of success and you can you can go no further, right? Because the qualities and the, the styles of leadership that you embraced can only get you so far. And at some point, if you don't adapt, if you don't adjust, if you're not doing the self-reflection or, or getting insight from a coach, you're going to get stuck there. And I know for me, I'm like, that's where a lot of my clients find me because they've been plateaued for so long. And your book starts off right with that premise. Absolutely. Um, what, you know, Marshall Goldsmith that talks about what got you here won't get you there. And that's the truth. The truth is, is that let's say you have a quality that has made you successful so far. Sometimes we need to learn how to pivot. Sometimes we need to learn how to be agile and flexible in order to get to the next level. Um, Einstein even said, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again to get the same results. That's insanity. So what we need to do in life is to constantly go inward, learn to lead from within, and then outwardly learn how and what and where we're going, what we're going to do. But it all starts from within. It all starts with who. Mm-hmm. And that that that's been your journey right from childhood is developing that curiosity and seeking to understand yourself better at whatever stage in life you are. And the other thing, you know, I heard in what you've said before is looking at every obstacle as as a gift, as an opportunity, as to, to look for what can be gained from this situation. Absolutely. You know, I sometimes laugh and say the gaps in my life or the shadows in my life, they're power. They have power that's available to us. And we can either plug it in this power and make it extraordinary, or we can, you know, plug it in a way that hurts us. So I have the power to always choose Everything I think in life, we have more control, we have more choices than we've ever known. It's it's ours to choose, right? Any given moment, we can choose what we want to do with, with it. Go dark or go great. Go gap or go dark. You know, it's all our choices. And, you know, this segues right into the next question. So we're, we're going to go right here with what is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? So... I've always wanted to write a book. And now with this book coming out, this little um, perfectionism lady has come back in full storm. And I've always wanted to be a New York Times bestseller. And I'll tell you the reason why. Um, a long time ago, I many, many years ago, um, I'm not going to say how many because then you know how old I am, but many, many years ago, I made this little promise that I would be of service to others. That was my purpose. And I was going to live that every single day. And it's hard keeping that promise. It's hard being of service every day. So I figured if I write this book and it becomes a New York Times bestseller on its own, it will be its own entity and I will be serving others. And the truth is, if you do read this book, this is a kind of book that you can keep on your nightstand. You can pick it up in any time. It's a book you want to give as a gift. It's a book that if you love someone and care for someone, you would give this book. And so the thing is, for me, I'm struggling with now letting go of being perfect. I know I have a goal. I hope I reach it. Um, it's something I really want. But if I don't, I will learn to pivot. I will learn to take its lessons. I will look at this challenge and say, what did I learn from it? 
But right now, the biggest thing is I just want to make it to the New York Times bestseller. <laughs> yes. You know, there there's always that balance of, you know, we have our why, you know, our, our core um, vision and mission that we have out in the world. But then we also have metrics to say, how am I doing? How am I doing with this mission? And what I, I heard in your story is you have your mission and you work on it every day, but the New York Times bestsellers list, that's the metric. That's how you're measuring the mission and, and how you're performing. And if it doesn't get measured by that, we'll measure it by something else. I know for a fact that I show up a certain way, authentic and with heart every single day. Do I want to make a difference in the world? Absolutely. Do I want to make an impact? You bet. And I figured by the New York Times, that's that's the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I want it to happen. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I'm with you. I, I, I don't. I'm not even shy about that. I want to. I want to make a difference in the world. I want to change people's lives, and I want to be known. I want. I mean, and the New York Times, like just getting there, isn't the end. Like being on that list would actually spread the reach of your yes. book and impact more people. And I get that in your answer as well, Lolly. All right, Lolly, now we're going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? So um, as I mentioned earlier, I do a couple of things as I believe in being a very disciplined person because I find that discipline gives me a lot of freedom. So I've learned that very early on, that if I can come up with rituals that I do in a daily basis, then it will give me the freedom to be who I want to be. So I talked about every single night, I ask myself that two-part question. But in the morning, I do something also between the hours of 4.30 and 6.30, I read a book a day. And the, the reason why I do this and why it makes me a better leader is because I'm always learning I'm always growing and I can always be changing. And I think that's a very important part in order to become the the best version of myself and to become the best leader that I could be. What advice would you give your younger self? Um, My much, much younger self is to have more compassion because I only learned compassion without having compassion. So you you talked earlier about that you thought I had a lot of compassion, but it came from not having compassion for myself and suffering about it. So I have to learn that I'm okay, that things are not working out the way that I want it. You know, if I want something badly and it doesn't work out that way, it's okay. Everything will be okay. And to be not as harsh on myself as I used to. I've, I've gotten so much better. You, you're hearing the results of getting better. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm hearing enlightenment, you know, yeah. after, after years of practice. Yeah, I love it. Now, Lali, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. So there is a thing that I always say to my clients, and it's something that I say to myself, And I always say, you know, greatness is a destiny that's available to anyone. We just have to choose it. And I really believe that. So anybody listening to this podcast who doesn't think that greatness is for them, I am saying here, I've been a witness to this. I've worked with thousands and thousands of people over three decades, and I have seen greatness is 
for everybody. It's everybody's destiny, but they don't know it's their destiny. They, they haven't seen that potential in themselves, but it's there. It's available. It only has to come with choice. You have to choose it and you have to take responsibility for it and you have to take the first steps and then watch it unfold. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And lastly, Lolly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? So I love to connect with people. Then, then I know that I'm really serving people. So you can find me at my website at lollydaskell.com. You can find me on Twitter. I run my own Twitter stream, so I will see your comments. You can find me on LinkedIn. Write me an email. I'm available. I'm accessible. And I love to connect with people. And I, I'm going to back you up on that. You have been just wonderful from the first connection we made. You were very accessible. I'm constantly saying to my community, because I'm reaching out, saying, reach out to me. And so many people, when they finally do, are like, I can't believe you responded. I can't believe we're talking. I'm like, I said I would. And I mean it. And I know Lolly means it too. So if this touched any of you, I want you to even just write her a note and say thank you. <laughs> That will make a difference. And for those of you, I know you're often on the go, you're running, you're on your way to work. You know that you can find all the links and resources that Lolly shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Lolly, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much. Before we say goodbye, I want to give a huge shout out to Millie Welsh at ZebraLab Web Solutions. She does the hosting for the Women Taking the Lead website, as well as the SEO and payment solutions. So if you need help with any of these things, contact Millie at ZebraLabWebSolutions.com. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.